Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Danielle. I love chatting with her. Danielle is the expert in healing after toxic relationships. She helps women turn their pain into power. She's the creator of the Let It Go Method, which is a step-by-step process of helping women awaken to their true self-worth and let go of the constant feeling of needing validation from other people. Danielle is a certified intuitive Reiki master, psychic, medium, and life coach and has helped thousands of women take their power back in her challenges and transformational programs. So such a good interview. I love chatting with her. We go into so much in this interview from energy healing to toxic relationships to childhood trauma to what it was like for her to leave her career as a CPA and go into psychic abilities and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. 
thank you so much, Danielle, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes up in this conversation. I'd really love to start. So like, take me back to your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments you might resonate with. Let's start there. Okay, it was a shit show, that's for sure. I had no clue what I was doing, but I was so like motivated and determined. And I'll have to go a little bit further back than just my 20s to show you how I got there. So when I was a child around, I don't know, I think it was now like 10 or 12. I'm really trying to nail down the time frame that this happened. But my father kind of uh, left our lives. My, my parents got divorced, but I was seeing him every other weekend and stuff. But there was a situation that happened on a Father's Day. And then it was like, boom, he was just gone. So that really like led me to feel like I wasn't good enough. But it also really turned something inside of me that felt like, well, I'm going to prove to him that I didn't need him. Right. So fast forward now into my 20s with that kind of mindset, I was really blocked, but also really determined. I was in college, but I'm going to have to go to the relationship side. At one point, I did develop bulimia. So because of all of the stuff that I had been through in my childhood, but mostly I was seeking the love that I didn't get from my father at an early age outside of myself. So I started to really you know, always focused on relationships, always wanting to be some with somebody. I felt like I was never without somebody for more than probably a few months. And I usually would get into toxic relationships or I would find somebody and want to be their somebody, but it always felt like they went after somebody else and it wasn't me. So by my 20s, I was in college, I was going through all these different relationships, you know, having more sex than I probably should have. And then also like dealing with the internal stuff of uh, not feeling good enough, not feeling loved, and eating issues, emotional eating, all the stuff while working my butt off, (laughs) not just in college, but for work as well. So it was kind of like a mess. And did you have that realization like right away that you had all this unhealed trauma from your childhood or was it like gradually you recognized that and was able to work on that? I always knew I had daddy issues. Like I always just said that to myself, like, obviously, like I, I loved going with my father and I loved being with him. He would always take us on trips and stuff. And then he was just gone. So I knew I had daddy issues, but I didn't really see the connection as to how they were playing out in my life and seeking these relationships that didn't really give me what I needed in the relationship. But I didn't correlate them between and I didn't understand that him leaving left me feeling a certain way that presented itself in these relationships. And what was the process like for you? Like, did you always want to get into this work that you're doing today? Or like, what was like the realization for you that like, I really need to get into this. I really need to share these messages with the world. What was that moment like for you? So during, during my whole life, like probably mostly my twenties, maybe, maybe in high school a little bit, but definitely my twenties, I always journaled. I've had like self-development books. Like I'll, I go downstairs to my box and there's like self-development books since I was probably in my twenties. So I always knew that there was something there. I was just always trying to work on myself and feel better. But I didn't, I didn't realize that I, I had to do that until I was a CPA. Like I, I was never in this kind of work as a healer, as a psychic, all this stuff. Like it is completely different. So I actually started college in hotel and resort management because I just wanted to travel the world and look at hotels and 
and like write about it. And then I was like, well, I'm gonna have to work weekends and stuff if I go that way. So I actually left college due to a relationship and I went into accounting and then I sat for the CPA exam. I was a CPA, I opened my own business. So no, all that time I still was trying to feel better but never got into this kind of stuff. So yeah, it was completely different. It was a shock to everybody when I came out as a psychic medium <laughs> after being a CPA for over like 12 years. So yeah, no, it wasn't always like this. And was there like a moment for you during those, like when you were a CPA that you're like, this really just isn't me or this really, I feel like I'm really meant for more. Was there a moment in there? And also how did you give yourself permission to go from that to that? Like, did you ever have any blocks around like I'm giving up this thing that I've been doing for 12 years. Yeah. So my moment was my divorce. So I was in a marriage for about nine years, you know, with him for about 12. I had two young kids and our marriage just fell apart. It was a toxic marriage. We were in, out. It was, we were trying to make it work. I started to work on myself thinking that if I worked on myself, I could fix the relationship. But quickly I learned that it takes two to fix a relationship. So yeah, the, the marriage was my turning point. I was devastated. He was with someone very quickly. So I was completely devastated. And I had two small kids. They were three and six at the time that I needed to take care of. And if I didn't take care of myself, I couldn't help them. So I started to, you know, watch a lot of YouTube videos, listen to podcasts and stuff, but my friend recommended an energy healer and I was so devastated. I had lost so much weight. People were telling me to eat more. I just couldn't. I was so devastated over the breakup that once she, you know, uh, suggested this, I was just like, well, we're all made of energy. So let me try it because at that point I was like, anything could help. So I went into it and that's kind of where your second question was like, once I started to learn about narcissism and codependency and toxic relationships and like going back to the childhood and seeing what was triggering you and the trapped energy that's still there, I was like, how come I didn't know about this? After all of the development work that I was doing on myself, the journaling, the videos, the books and everything, why did I not know about this? And that's why I'm writing a book about it because we don't know about this one thing that can tremendously help us grow and evolve and release all these feelings that we have. So that is why I went into it. It wasn't that I didn't want to be a CPA. It was just that this was more of a passion for me because I wanted to help other women know that it's not them. It's really their energy. And that's what's attracting these toxic relationships into the world and like really making their life chaotic. And did you have any blocks come up when you were shifting into this new line of, yeah. Yeah. Well, cause it's a psychic medium, right? Yeah. So just in general, like, you know, that's not like common or like it's, you know, in religion it's frowned upon. And so, I mean, it took me probably about a year and a half before I even like came out on social media as like a psychic medium from my CPA and stuff. And the interesting thing was that by the final, by the time I finally had that confidence to do it, it was like all the people that I thought would judge me, they were spiritual anyway. So it's like the secret community that like nobody talks about what they actually believe in, but like a lot of them believe in it, but we just don't speak up. So we don't know. So we stay hidden. So I was really excited and happy that I did come out. But yeah, I had a lot of blocks. I had a lot of things. I'm, I still have things that I'm releasing to get to like the next level of business and everything. Yeah, there's always blocks. <laughs> And to someone who wants to make that huge like transition in their life, what advice would you give them? I think my advice would be that you have to follow your passion. And, you know, the fear of judgment from others is just because of what their beliefs are. And beliefs are just beliefs. 
you can shift your beliefs in the matter of minutes if you choose to. But when you're living your life based on other people's beliefs, if you think about other people's beliefs, where did their beliefs come from? Their beliefs probably came from their parents, you know, their schooling, what they've been through, their experiences. But where you have to understand, where you have to ask yourself is why is their belief better or more right than yours? And when you start to question your beliefs and you start to question other people's beliefs, you just live your life, right? And be you. And like, just don't worry about what other people think because if they're judging you, that's from their own insecurities. So take the jump, do what you want to do, and don't worry about what other people think. And if you fail, you fail, but you learn. So, and you grow, and that's how you grow. So just do it. So I'm wondering, do you think it's possible not to have childhood trauma, or do you think everyone has childhood trauma of some sort? Yeah, I think trauma is the word that gets everybody confused because like trauma means like big things that happen. But when I work with clients, like it could be as little things as somebody saying something to you. I remember and I, I still, well, I don't hold on to it anymore, but I have for a long time. Like I just remember a disappointing look on my father's face. Like, is that trauma? No, but to a child it is. And that's that's one thing that's important is that as an adult and in our 20s, we're adults now, right? as an adult, we look back at our childhood, where we, we can say like, oh, I understand, like my dad was working all the time, so he wasn't around, or my mom was, you know, um, had six kids, so like, I knew she couldn't give me all the attention. But as the child, we don't understand that we can't comprehend it in our mind. All we think about is, well, why does my brother get more love than me? Why is my sister her favorite? Why is my dad not here, but my friend's dad is at the father daughter dance, right? So there's all these little things that can happen. So can does everybody have trauma? I'm sure that everybody has something similar to that regard as to making yourself feel like you're not enough or that you're not loved in a certain way. And that's the thing that causes us to make decisions and base our lives around. What do you think are like some signs that you may have some unresolved childhood trauma? Yeah. So one thing, of course, because I work with this is toxic relationships. So if you are constantly in these toxic cycles of relationships, which, you know, they you, abuse is first and foremost, abuse, sexual physical, but also emotional. And this is what a lot of women don't understand or don't even know to be aware of, which was me in my marriage, was that if you're emotionally abused, when people are putting you down or saying things about you, um, or making you feel like less than them, or even less of a person, like that is emotional abuse in a relationship, a relationship shouldn't be that way. So definitely toxic relationships, Another thing that I address is women that are determined, right? Like I said for myself, that business, 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 they're using business also to validate themselves. So if you are driven in your business and you just keep striving for more and striving for more, but your relationships are horrible or you can't stand up for yourself, you have no boundaries, people walk all over you, you give, give, give. Like these are signs of some stuff in your childhood that needs to be healed. So when you're looking at your childhood trauma, it could look like a lot, like it could look like a lot of things to work on, a lot of things to heal. What advice would you give to someone to just kind of start in a way that's not like overwhelming? Yeah. So the first, there's four things that I look at, okay, is first the relationship with your parents. That's definitely foremost where you want to go first. 
Then it's going to be like pick two to three events that have happened in your life that don't have to do with your parents that you feel are still you're holding on to. Maybe you get emotional when you think about it. That's definitely a sign that you're not healed from it. So the events and then people, other people that might have affected you in your life. This could be family members, brothers, sisters, priests, teachers, bullying in school, like all these different things, but people that have affected you in your life. So don't think of the overall childhood because like you said, that could be really overwhelming, but you want to pinpoint certain things that you want to work on first. So maybe you first work on the relationship with either your mother or father, which one you thought caused more trauma in your life. Then you move on to the next and then you move on to the events and then you move on to the other people. So do it bit by bit so that it's not all overwhelming at once. And do you think we ever reach a point that we're fully healed from that? Or do you think it's like a continuous process because things come up along the way? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think that we're all like onions. <laughs> so, you know, in my course that I teach, we're just doing the foundation. So the outer layer of the onion, we're going to the childhood. Now, all of these beliefs that you have that were created in the childhood, you're going to heal the outer layer first. But then as you grow, as you evolve, as you test yourself by maybe starting a business, going after new jobs, getting into other relationships, anything that kind of puts you out of your comfort zone, you're then going to start to identify those other blocks that are coming up for you. And then what you want to do is you want to run back to the childhood to see where they're coming from. So I think we're here to heal, grow and evolve until we actually pass away. But so I think that we can always do healing. It depends how much you're pushing yourself in your life. If you're working in a nine to five job and you've got a good relationship, you don't really have to do much more healing. But if you're pushing yourself to that success and that business, then you're going to keep healing. I'm healing every single day because I keep pushing myself. I got the book coming out. Like I had to get through blocks with that because I'm not a writer. I mean, there's so many things that come up if you push yourself outside of your comfort zone. If you stay in your comfort zone, I mean, you can do the inner healing and then that's probably good enough for you. But if you want to keep pushing yourself, you're going to keep healing. Can you go into some things that helped you with um, your relationship with your dad? Is there anything that really helped you heal that? Yeah, energy healing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I always talk about we have to connect the mind with our energy. So this is why, like, I knew I was worthy of a good relationship. I knew I was worthy of love, but I kept settling for these toxic relationships. I kept settling for less than I deserved. And it was because my energy was still stuck around the event of my father leaving. So I always talk about the energy, which is, I think, the life-changing thing for me. But yeah, so when I went back to the energy and released that around my father leaving, it was like a weight was lifted off of me. And it wasn't like I was this unlovable child that he left because that, that's what was in my mind was that, well, I wasn't good enough. So he left, like I wasn't worthy enough. So he left, like, how could he not fight for me? How could he just leave? I guess there must be something wrong with me. And when there's something wrong with me, that's why I settle for all these relationships that didn't, wasn't the best for me. And can you go into what a toxic relationship is? Yeah. So a toxic relationship to me, severely toxic is again, the abuse. So, you know, again, emotional, sexual, and, and physical, but you know, toxic and toxic relationships can happen between two non-toxic people. What it is, is just that you're not good enough. You're not good together right? So you might be good in the beginning, but then it starts to get toxic. And it's just because you've outgrown each other or one of you have healed, but the other hasn't, 
or your interests change or anything like that. But so, so really toxic narcissistic relationships, it's that somebody's really putting you down, controlling you, manipulating you all of the time, you know, isolating you from family and friends. Like they do a lot to kind of keep you down. There's something called gaslighting, which they make you feel like you're the crazy person. They might be cheating, but they blame it on you. Like it, it's crazy like that. But also the regular toxic relationship is just that you guys no longer fit together, but you're trying to make it work. But there's arguing and fighting and, you know, name calling and, you know, all those types of things as well. But I usually work with the more severe toxic relationships with narcissists and codependents together. And can you go into what a healthy relationship looks like as well? Yeah. (laughs) So we can see the opposite. Do we know what that looks like? No. Um, So to me, like, and I see it with my friends and stuff, like you have a relationship, obviously there's going to be fights and stuff, but you guys love each other and you want the best for each other. You might not agree all the time, but you support each other. You encourage each other. You trust each other. When the trust is broken, that's when you start that toxic stuff. But when you trust each other, that you have your, the, the best interests of each other in mind, like that's where, that's where you want to be in a relationship. And if it's not that, then you owe it to yourself to get out so that you can find that for yourself. Do you think someone can have a relationship where one is working on themselves and one isn't? It depends. So when women come into my program and they're in toxic relationships, I'm like, well, if they're not a true narcissist, then work on yourself. Because when you work on yourself, you're going to change the dynamic of your relationship. So, you know, if you're needy, just like me, if I was needy in my relationships, I was mistrusting in my relationships, but if they, they were good people, right? If I had changed myself, the relationship would have changed. But if they're a narcissist, no matter how much work you do on yourself, they're not going to change because they don't see that there's a problem. So it depends what kind of relationship you're in and who your, who your partner is. And do you, th- do you think when people are in toxic relationships, they realize it's a toxic relationship? Or do you think it takes someone from outside to really point that out to them? Neither. <laughs> For me, I mean, somebody could have told me I was in a toxic relationship, but like I never would have probably even listened at the time. I think it really, I don't believe that they know, it, unless it's physical, sexual abuse, obviously those are easy signs to realize. But when it's emotional abuse, you think you're the problem. So it's not them. So you don't think it's a toxic relationship. It's you just think it's you. And that's why my book is, it's not you, it's your energy because it's not you. So uh, I think people have to be very aware and open to it because a lot of women, they want to stay in that relationship because they need that love. So no matter how toxic it is, at least they have that little bit of bread. We call it breadcrumbs, right? That little bit of love you know, just a smile or a a thing of flowers or a vacation, like that makes up for all of the abuse that they take. So I think that they have to be ready and open to hearing the message because you could say it to your friend, but they're not going to hear you unless they're open to it. Is there anything the friend could do in that situation? Or is it just like a matter of timing? Or is like there anything we could do if we see that or... The only thing that I think you can do is just be there to support them for it, uh, through it, but don't pressure them because I think the more you pressure them, the more they're going to push away and they probably just won't even talk to you anymore because they don't want you to get in the mix of it and, and like, and judge them, but just put little, little tidbits in their mind, you know, like say something that will then maybe make them think 
but don't pressure it. So if you know something about a narcissist, you might be like, oh, I was watching on the news, like, or I was watching a video on YouTube that said a narcissist does blah, 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 which is what their, their, their partner does, right? So you kind of just put things in their minds for them to think about. Because like I said, if you just go right at them, like they're not gonna, they're not gonna listen if they're not open to it. And for you, what do you think it was that for you that helped you realize that? And what do you think it was that gave you the strength to leave that? For me, it was like a roundabout circle that I even learned about narcissism. I was in therapy for two years and she had never mentioned narcissists to me at all because I would have Googled it and like been like, oh my gosh, I was a funny story. Like when I was first starting this journey, I was actually Googling videos on how to get men to like me, right? Or like how to get men to stay with me. And through that, and I actually reached out to the YouTuber, never heard back because he was popular, but I was like, thank you so much because that one thing that you said in one of the videos that I watched was the Power of Now book. If you guys have never read that, like that is an excellent book. It changed my whole life, but he recommended the Power of Now. And then once I read the Power of Now, I started to realize how my brain worked. And then I started to dive in. And then I guess I must've heard about narcissism somewhere. So then I dove in and started learning about that. So it's kind of like a roundabout circle on kind of how you get there. Does that answer that question? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what do you think it was that gave you the strength to leave? He, he, he violated me in ways that like I couldn't go back and I had my daughter. So there was ways that I was like, if she ever found this out and I stayed, I, I couldn't be that person. So I needed to, and a lot of times, like I know women my age anyway, that have children, we change ourselves for our kids. Sometimes because we don't feel that worthiness in ourselves, it's hard for us to change ourselves because we don't even feel worthy of it. But sometimes we have to put that worthiness onto somebody else. So like just knowing that I had my daughter, I had to teach her better. So therefore I had to be better for her. And for someone who maybe has a hard time not being in a relationship, they go from relationship to relationship, like what was what is some advice that you would give them to get more comfortable not being in a relationship? Work on the energy around it because that energy, that anxiety, that loneliness that you get, it's really just energy that's causing that. And once you once you feel complete within yourself, you're not going to want or need to be in a relationship. There's a difference there, right? Like for me, I don't need to be in a relationship. I actually love my life right now, but I want to be in a relationship and when you want it rather than need it, you're going to wait for the right person. So if you are feeling that constant need to be in a relationship, it's telling you that there's something inside of you that still needs to be healed so that you can be, I mean, with all my clients, I want them to get to the point of where they love their lives so much that they don't need a, a relationship, but they want it. And it's going to fulfill their life because they're not going to settle for anything less. When we need the relationship, narcissists specifically, know and feel this about your energy. That's where that neediness comes from. That's where you're going to settle for all those relationships that aren't going to be good for you. So work on yourself first, especially if you feel like you need it, because this is the thing. It's not that you need the relationship. You need the love because you don't have it in here. But once you find that love in here and accept yourself for who you are and love yourself, you're not going to need it out there. And can we go into dating? So like for dating, what advice would you have for someone who maybe is looking to find someone who's similar to them, who's on their personal growth journey, who wants a conscious relationship? Where do you think they could find those people? It's 
hard now, girl. <laughs> My God, it was not like this when I was younger. <laughs> it was like, at least for me anyway, I don't know what it is like in your 20s, but it's like online dating now is like the thing. Like, I, I feel like there's not even dating in the world except for online dating because like, you know, guys used to come up with to me when I was younger. Now, like nobody comes up to each other. Do they do that in their 20s? Tell me, do, do guys come up to you and... Not really. Yeah, right? It's weird. It's like everything's online now. So yeah. first of all, if you don't want to do it online, because there's a lot of narcissists online, but is, you know, go to places that are interesting to you. So like maybe yoga or maybe um, biking classes or, you know, the gym, hiking trails, like there's, you know, meetup was used to be, it's still around. I don't know how popular it is now. But if you get into groups that have the same interests as you, you're going to be better off finding someone that is similar to you. But if you do have to go to the online dating sites, like, first of all, make your profile polarizing to people that you don't want. So you, a lot of women will go on there and they'll, they just think about, okay, what do they want to see here so that they'll reach out to me? It's not about what they want to see. It's more about you. And it's about how you put yourself out online. It's not about everybody liking you. It's about finding the right person for you. So put the polar, like I never put spirituality on my profile. Now I'm like spiritual empowerment coach. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, if this isn't cool with you, don't reach out to me. You're just wasting my time, right? So polarize your profile. Think about who you are and what you want to share with people so that it attracts the right people and keep an open mind and keep patience because you're weeding through a bunch of people that are just not going to be your, your people. So don't get frustrated with it. And I also use online dating with my clients to test their boundaries and test how much healing they've done. So if you are entertaining these stories or conversations that they get really sexual, really fast, that is a narcissistic red flag right there. Like be aware of the red flags when you're going into online dating so that you only pulling out the people that are good for you. And is there anything that you notice with your clients that they look for in someone else's profile? Like, is there anything that really stands out about that other person's profile? And if, let's say it's the other person's profile, you can just kind of tell it's off. Do you have them give that person the chance or do they, do you have them automatically swipe left on that person? Uh, for me, like the main things on online dating is like, if they don't have anything written, swipe left. If they have pictures that look outdated or they're covering, swipe left. If there's pictures of them without their shirts on, all in the gym, like swipe left. Like you want real people, you know, you don't want these people that are just after one thing. You want real people. Make sure that you resonate with what they're writing. Like for me, I like confident guys. So if I'm on their profile and they're, you know, saying all these things that seem like, you know, they're codependent, needing love and all of that, like I swipe left. So you got to know what you want in somebody and see if it matches. Um, but everybody's different. So I can't tell like one thing versus another, but just get the vibe, but give them a chance. Even if, if you're not um, sexually attracted to them right away or that chemistry right away in their pictures, like you might be able to get the relationship going within the conversation. And I've had plenty of relationships where I wasn't really attracted to people in the beginning, but the conversation made them attractive to me. And like, I, I, you know, had a year long relationship with somebody like that. So give them a chance until you know that they're not the right one for you or that you feel like you're wasting your time. I'm sure you've seen like so many dating profiles at this point. 
<laughs> is there any like elements you feel like to a really strong skating profile or like anything you've seen like people do that they've done pretty well that you think we should incorporate in our profiles be confident in yourself like that's the thing like show up as you you know put things there that will that you are interested in that you know you want your person interested in as well um, and be bold, like, don't be afraid to put your boundaries on your page. Like for me now, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to make this a business profile, you know, like this is who I'm calling out. Like, this is who I am. This is who I want to talk to. And like, that's it. But a lot of the times we're so gun shy about that. Like we feel like we're going to get judged or people are going to say certain things. They will like, just accept that. Like they will say that, but is it worth getting the right person to then reach out to you. Because like right now I want like business people. I want people that are on my level, my vibration. And there's not a lot of them on the online dating site. So if I really want to find that person, I got to call to them. So like being a business person myself, even maybe even saying my income, like all these different things, it's going to then resonate with the person that I'm actually calling to. So think about who you're calling to and like, think of it as like an ad, right? So I do business. So it's like ads, right? So it's like, think about it as an ad. Like who is your ideal client? Who is your ideal partner? What, what are they going to want to hear from you? What parts of you are they going to want to be interested in? Put it on your profile. Don't worry about all the BS people that are going to comment. Just ignore them because you've got a mission to find your person, not worry about all the other people that aren't your people. And out of curiosity, do you put like, if you're, um, if you own a business, if you're over 5'10", like, are you very specific on your profile or like how specific? <laughs> I, it, it's, it's changed like the last three years of like what I put on there. I'm not on there right now, but like when I, if and when, when I go back on there, I really don't want to go back on there because I really feel like maybe people aren't there. But if I go back on there, that's what I'm doing because I'm just like, I'm done with this. Like, don't reach out to me if you're living with your mom for like 10 years. Like, don't like, no, I'm no, I'm not that person, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely doing it. It's taken me a lot to get there, a lot of healing in order to get there. But it's like, this is who I am. This is what I want. Are you the person or not? Like, let's get down to business. I'm tired of wasting time. Is there any ones that you find your clients prefer over any other ones, like any specific dating apps that they find are more high quality than other ones? I can't really tell you about my clients. I know like there's a spirituality one. The thing is, is like they're just starting. So there's not too many people on them and especially relatively close to your where you're located. I'm pretty close to the city, but I really don't like to date city people. I'm in New York, but for me, I like the websites. I like Bumble. Bumble's a little bit funner. Like it's, but at the same time, like if I travel, it like follows me and I'm like, and I travel a lot. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not by you anymore. So anyway, so that's Bumble. I like Zeusk and I like Match. The, and I've tried like Elite Singles. I didn't really like that one too much. I'm trying to think of other ones that I've tried, but those are, those are like the three that I found like pretty good people. Mostly Zeusk and Match are, are the ones that I've actually found and gone out on dates with. And like, so I want to go into like energy work and like energy attachment. Like, have you always been into energy work or like, how did you stumble into energy work? So I've never been into energy work, but I, so it's going to be a funny story, but um, I was always into like tarot cards and I was always had these dreams that kind of came true. 
So that I was kind of always into, but I had never heard of energy work before I, you know, got divorced and was devastated. And my friend had suggested it. And we went to also a sound healer too, which was really healing as well. So sound healing, energy healing, it's all the same thing. It's really working with your energy. But yeah, so I was never into it. But after my friend recommended it, I was like, and I went to it, I felt like so much had been like just shed, like shedded off of me over all those years. And I was like, I need to learn this. Like, what was that? I need to learn it. So there was a psychic school like down the, like 15 minutes away from where I live. And so I got certified as a psychic, a medium and a Reiki master. And that's, and that's kind of where it took off. And then I just started using it and playing around on YouTube, playing around on Facebook, getting people to, to do it with me. And then that's kind of how the business started. What's a good place to start if someone wants to start getting into like energy healing? Like what's a good point of entry? A lot of people are familiar with Reiki. So Reiki is energy healing. So Reiki is usually a good place to start. I do an intuitive energy healing. So I'm actually connecting to my spirit guides while I'm doing healing and to their spirit guides and their loved ones and everything. But Reiki is definitely a good point. Yeah, and you have to understand that a lot of people are doing energy healing, they just don't know it. So like acupuncture is also energy healing. Sometimes even massages can be energy healing if you're doing energy work with it. So there's a lot of different things that you're already doing that are energy healing, energy healing. So it's not this taboo type of thing anymore. And we're all made of energy. And this is what everyone has to understand is that our energy holds our thoughts, emotions, and feelings. So if you feel like you're not emotionally stable, if you have a lot of anxiety, if you have depression, PTSD, this is your energy. And PTSD to me is that your energy is just stuck around that situation, the the trauma that you went through. And what happens is it just keeps coming up. And that's the thing about our energy is that where it's trapped, something triggers us. So either a sound, a noise, a person, a car, like whatever it could be, a a memory of something that will come up and it feels like it's happening to you right again, because that's the energy. It's still there. It's the energy around that event is still there circulating in your field. So therefore, when it comes up, you feel like it's actually happening again. And that's why we kind of get emotional or break down or have attacks or anything like that. So it's important to understand that your energy holds all of that. And that's why when you release it, you let go of that so that you don't keep getting triggered. And can you go into like what energy attachments are and how do we realize that we're having one? Yeah, so we're all made of energy and our energy kind of radiates out of our body. It's not just in our body. And what happens is I... I, I use the example of slime because my daughter loves slime. So slime just like oozes, like we even put it in a Ziploc bag and it still oozes out of the Ziploc bag. Like you can't contain it, right? So when you're unaware of your energy, your energy is everywhere. And in my book, I talk about like New York City on a subway train at 5 p.m. rush hour. It's packed. You have all these people's energy in the same, in the same subway car, right? So all of that energy is blending together and you can pick up on other people's energy. This is why like if you're having a great day and you come home to say your boyfriend or something and he had a really crappy day and he's all in a bad mood and you had a great day, but then all of a sudden your mood starts to drop and you start to get into that crappy mood. It's not because of how he's acting. It's because of his energy. You're picking up on that and you're att- that energy is attaching to your own energy that is making you feel exactly how they feel. 
So that's what an energy attachment is. There's other energy attachments, such as like in the spirit world as well. It's what I go into my book about, but definitely in a human world, like we are picking up on other people's energy, especially like during the pandemic that we had, like everyone was so fearful and stuff. Like even if you weren't scared of getting the virus or getting sick, maybe because you're in your twenties and it's not like a common age to get really, really sick, you still might've felt that fear because everybody around you was feeling the fear. So you're starting to pick up on other people's thoughts, emotions, and feelings because you're around them. And the tricky part is, is that you don't even need to be around them. So energy has no time or space. So this is why, like, if somebody, you pick up a phone and you're like, oh, hey, I was just thinking of you. It's because you picked up on them thinking of you already before they even called. So energy has no time or space. So you can pick up on somebody's energy, negative energy as well from not even being around them. They could just be thinking of you and you can be picking up on their energy. So it's really important to get clear about your own energy so that you understand when there's something on it. When someone's having a bad day, is there something they can do to release that energy before they walk in the house and yeah. share that energy with everyone? Yeah. Um, can I take Can I take your audience through a little yeah. bit of exercise? Okay. Yeah. So, so one thing that I love to teach is just a breathe, quick breathing exercise. And it's a visualization. So even if you don't believe in it, just try it and see if it feels good for you. Is What I say is think about that. Like your energy is your energy. And now your energy might be on other people. And then other people's energy might be on you. So what you want to do is like before you walk into the house or at any time during the day where you're not feeling like yourself, you want to suck in, right? So you're going to take a deep breath in and imagine sucking all of your energy that's out there on other people into your body again. So you are taking your energy back. And then when you breathe out, you're going to blow out anybody, anybody's energy that is not yours. So basically giving all their energy back to them and sucking all of your energy in. So it's, it takes like three minutes, you know, like just take a deep breath in suck it all into you and then blow out anybody's energy and imagine that, right? So imagine all the white light coming to you, which is your energy. So you're, and then blow out all the dark negative black light all out to them, back to them. So you just want to blow it out and just do that like several times um, until you start to feel better. But visualizing and the breath work is the most important part of that exercise. And did you like, did you know like your psychic abilities did they kind of show up were they always there or like how did you tap into those uh no they were not always there <laughs> they were there in some kind of aspect but they not how i can do it now so first thing i say if you want to connect to we all are psychic right so we're all psychic uh because it's all energy so the energy of being psychic is you're just tapping into an energy that you can't see it's not in physical form so energy doesn't die right? It just transmutes, it, tra it transforms um, form. So when we pass away, our energy just goes back into a dimension we can't see. So you have to realize though, in order to connect and read that type of energy, you have to make sure you heal because our, if our mind is constantly going like this in our heads and like chattering a lot and telling us all these things and anxiety and stuff, you're going to miss the messages and like tapping into your psychic abilities, your intuition, because it's, it's coming in a form that you're unfamiliar with. And like I always say, I call it the ego that has all that voices in our head. And if that's chattering too much, it's like a holler and you can't hear whispers. And the psychic ability is more of a whisper. It's a very slight little thing. Like it could be images, it could be visions or visions. It could be hearing, it could be feeling, uh, it could be feeling in your body as well. And if you're not aware of it, 
then you miss it because you're focusing too much on the stuff that you have going on in your life. So get really clear, let go of all that crap, heal yourself, and then you can then start to connect that psychic ability. Psychic ability is just real, is reading energy that you cannot see. That's how I kind of define it. It's not this like glorious, like everyone has a gift. Everyone has this gift. <laughs> it's just that you can't tap into it because you're too busy in your human mind to then understand what's coming over here in your conscious mind. And do you ever like pick up on other people? Like let's say a friend, you have a feeling that something's going to happen to her or something, some event's going to happen. Do you actually tell her about it or do you kind of just like see if it happens or what happens when you get like those messages? So for me, and this is what I teach, I have like a psychic course. So for me, it's about setting boundaries. So I want to live a human life, even though I have this ability. So for me, I set a boundary with the spirit world that they don't share anything unless I ask, because I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to, you know, know this. Like sometimes I'll get the, I'll get a message to me, like a father is going to pass away. And like a lot of the times I think it's my father, but then it's like somebody else's father. And I can't really tell like whose it's going to be. So I don't really say anything to anybody because for me, it's really important that I don't instill fear into other people. So I use my psychic abilities to inspire and encourage um, and motivate people rather than instill fear into them. So, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody and they're telling me something and I'm getting something that something bad is going to happen, you know, if I know it, I, I'll just be like, listen, like I said this to my mom one time, like, listen, I feel like someone's going to break their leg. So please just be careful, you know, like, just be careful, walk slowly, that kind of stuff. But like, if I specifically, I had a client do that, I knew if it, their uh, husband was going to pass away. So I would just say things like, you know, just make sure you let him know that you love him and like tell him everything that you got to tell him without specifically saying that, yeah, I know he's going to pass. And can you go into your book and what's something you're really excited about with your book that you're writing? Awesome. Yeah. So my book, I just wrote another chapter, so it's getting edited right now, but um, it goes through energy. Like I feel like my mission here on this world is to just let people know about their energy because the way we deal with mental health right now is what I'm excited about because I hope that this book is going to change the way that we deal with mental health because a lot of my clients, they don't have anxiety anymore. They're not on their medication anymore. It's our energy that's the problem. It's not our mind, yet we're trying to medicate our mind without working on our energy. So I hope that this book is really going to share how energy is really, it's, it's called, it's not you, it's your energy, how energy is causing chaos in your life. So I really hope that it, it intrigues people to read about their energy, to learn about it, to learn how to clear it, protect it, and heal it. Because it's like, we're all made of energy, but nobody teaches us this. Like, why doesn't anybody teach us this? Like, I don't get it. So that's kind of like what my book is about. And I'm excited to share it with the world. But not just understand that, but also once you heal, how your vibration affects your life and like how you manifest with it and how you magnetize people and things to you, even money and jobs and it's relationships. Like once you get your vibration good, it's like you're matching the vibration of the universe and it just comes to you. So it's about manifesting, it's, uh, it's this astrology, like there's a lot of good things in there about your energy. And what's something that you're learning right now? <sighs> My childhood is still affecting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm learning, well, actually one thing that's come up lately is that in, I've done energy healing for the past three years, you know, intuitive energy healing, but now a light language is coming through, which has been really uh, strange for me when I was doing my sessions I was like hearing in my mind like this 
this language. I couldn't understand it though. And then like one day I was working on myself and it just kind of flew out and it's powerful. So I'm realizing that, you know, all these different modalities of energy healing, like they're all useful. So, you know, try them all, see what resonates with you. But yeah, I mean, I'm still healing. I mean, I'm three years in and I know that I'll be healing probably for the rest of my life, but also like to connect. I'm also connecting back to my human side more instead of being spiritual, meditating all the time and being that like, I've never been that peace, love and happiness type of person. Like I'm still that motivated, determined person, but like now I'm connecting back to who I was before all my toxic relationships. So there's a transition happening right now and I'm excited for that. So that's kind of where I'm at and I'm learning how to navigate that a little bit. What's something that most people don't know about you? Jeez, I like to dance maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I should do it more often. They know I like music, but I like to dance. I don't know. I think a lot of people will look at me and like see, get this idea of who I am, but I'm still that little girl, you know, that was back in my childhood and I'm just still trying to navigate around everything that was going on back there. So, you know, and I think this is everybody, like everybody will, and I think that's important for your audience to know as well is like, it's like what you look at somebody on TV or on podcasts, or it's like you put them in a certain place in your mind of who you think they are, but like, you don't truly know like their struggles. We all are going through struggles, no matter where we are in our lives. Like we all have struggles. We all feel like we're not good enough. It's not just you. It's not just you. I think everyone struggles with that, except for narcissists. They think they're good enough. (laughs) They think they're good enough, but inside they're not. Um, They feel insecure. But it's important to realize that just because you see somebody models, celebrities, actors, actresses, like they have the same struggles that you guys have. And for 20-year-olds, my gosh, I love it when I work with 20-year-olds because I know that they are saving so many years of misery in their life. And for all of you ladies out there, like, please start working on yourself now and don't realize it's not the love that you're seeking. It's not the relationship that you're seeking. It's the love inside of here. And when you find that and you see that, like your life is going to be so much better. I wish I knew what I knew now, 20 years ago, it would have been, would have been so different. (laughs) So, yeah. And if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what advice would you give her? Oh, you're gonna get me emotional. I would tell her that everything is gonna be okay and that there's dreams that you can't even dream right now that are gonna happen for you and that you are good enough and don't ma- don't let other people define your value or your worth to yourself because those people have their own issues. So just be who you are and go after your dreams. And you can do whatever you want to do. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Where can people connect with you online? Uh, you can find me at danielleandjanito.com. Um, or you can follow my Facebook group, which is Turning Pain into Power After Toxic Relationships. So you can search that as well. I love that. Turning Pain into Power. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.